the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one amanda galbraith is here principal at navigator and the host of free for all fridays on the iHeartRadio talk network robert turner is here news talk 1010's robert turner and uh shelly carroll seems to monk out of pal right now so um City Councilor is normally on now? this panel. Uh, she's she's not she's missing. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe we'll find her. Maybe we won't. But you guys are perfectly able to uh, prop this up. Maybe she's running for mayor. Maybe. Maybe she's like she just decided to get in, and she's going to tell us later. Maybe we all are. Maybe. Yeah, we could. I'm beginning to think so. It's more about who isn't running for mayor. We're flirting with eighty. <laughs> Tomorrow is the deadline. Uh, one of the mayoral candidates was live in studio this morning, and yes, he was uh, boosting his. Plan- Platform, but I was more interested in this issue of him using other people's videos in his TikTok. And Amanda, I'll, I'll begin with you because, I mean, you're a marketing person. And his assertion is, and I think it's very much a young person's assertion, that when you put something out on TikTok, you are making it available as raw material to everybody. That's kind of how TikTok works. And so he has no regrets and he's not taking his own video down. And if the women don't like that her, their video appears in his video, he doesn't really care. I mean, yeah, and I, I he's got a point, right? And I think people need to realize this. I think folks put stuff up online all the time, pictures, videos. And when you do that, anyone can access it. Anyone can use it. Yes, in theory, you could argue that's not fair. But bottom line is, if you don't want people to see, you have to make it private. So I actually thought, I thought he his reasoning was relatively sound. You know, I guarantee you if like a Kim Kardashian picked up and made a video mashup of it, they'd be fine with it, right? So I think you just have to be... Um, conscious of when you're doing that i mean yes it's a very personal story that those women are telling um on the ttc but again you know putting this stuff up in public i think this is the repercussions of when you put your information out there and i think brad frankly did a good job justifying why it makes sense okay well here's a clip from that conversation which happened earlier this hour yeah you actually control it right so you can you can change the settings not just on a profile but on an individual story or post and that's how tiktok works that's how the other social media platforms work as well if you don't want that out in the public domain you have the ability to throttle back who has access to that who can see it um, but again it's about meeting where people are at Robert Turner, he makes a persuasive point that TikTok in particular, amongst all the social media platforms, the whole idea is like somebody puts out uh, a video of them singing and they want somebody to make, you know, enhance that video by singing harmony. Yeah, I mean, you go on that platform, it's people reacting to other videos by incorporating the other videos. So I... I read this story yesterday, and I thought, oh, there's a professor who can talk about this? Wow, okay. Uh, I just just didn't care. Um, Because, I mean, you post something to TikTok, it's between you, the one billion users, and the Chinese government. I think we all understand that. You put it out there. People can do with it what they want to do with it. I just think that... Like, for Brad Bradford, it's kind of a win because he got on more in the morning today. Yeah. Uh, he probably would have preferred mm-hmm. to talk about a platform plank. But, I mean, his campaign is all about, he can buy time what, what is it, that. less talk, more action. And it, it's kind of been all talk, no traction. So, for him, I guess it's kind of a win. But I also wonder if this is going to backfire because when you have people saying, I don't want you using my video, saying, well, I have a right to. Yeah, okay, but they don't want you using it. I don't know if that's going to hurt him or not. Because from the beginning, there's this, been this weird allegedly grassroots campaign against Brad Bradford. 
So is this part of that? I don't know. Yeah, one wonders. I mean, he was floating the idea that maybe the people who blew the whistle on this were rivals as opposed to the women whose video he was using. But I mean, I, I guess until the Leafs are out uh, or they win the cup, we're not going to pay the kind of attention to the campaign that I think we need to because it's kind of weird. Like Olivia Chow's in the lead. And she's like, I, have, I, have, I haven't I heard from her in days. Right. I don't. She's sort of like there's running a front runners campaign and then there's going into witness protection. Like, where is she? But it also seems to be working because she's charting number one in all the polls that are out there. But it's all based on name recognition. People in the polls say we're not happy with the direction of the city. But then the same poll finds that if John Tory, the guy responsible for the direction of the city, jumped back in the race, he'd win in a landslide. So I kind of don't understand where we are with this. Um, and I don't know what the issue is going to be. I'm glad we're not talking about Ontario Place and we're talking about something more substantive like TikTok sharing policies, I guess. <laughs> well, I just think that that's covering some new interesting ground. But actually, one thing that probably is going to come up, they had a vote yesterday at Toronto City Council and they're going to permit multiplexes in all of Toronto's neighborhoods. Amanda, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. This is possibly the most radical overhaul of our zoning structure in decades. You are not exaggerating. It is radical. It is shocking, candidly, and like very, very good. Um, I mean, like candidly, it should go further. But uh, the fact that this happened in Toronto, like if I were when I worked there, I would have. There's no way I would have thought this would have gone through, right? NIMBYs would have gotten in there and got mad. So yeah, it's significant. Um, and you know, perhaps it's because people are distracted by leaps and mayorals and whatever that kind of more sensible policy was able to make it through. Maybe the city's come to a point in the housing crisis where we all realize. Um, as much as we like single family dwellings um, close to downtown, that's just not a viable option. Um, so I was very um, thrilled to see this go through and congrats, like good on city council for uh, for making that choice. Well, and Robert Turner, even in a small way, this uh, has come to my neighborhood, for example, because as a matter of routine, an old house comes up for sale. They buy it, tear it down and they build two. Yep. I just, I mean, this is going to have dramatic market impacts. And when that starts to happening, I just hope we don't decide to freak out. And I also hope we don't throw out the idea that it's, if we're doing this across the city, okay, great. But not all areas of the city are the same. Uh, and I, if this results in building a whole bunch of places where nobody has anywhere to park, because they'll just take the TTC. Breaking news, they won't. Not in every area of the city. So I think we have to be mindful of that. But I don't object to this. I mean, my neighborhood's going through the transition where all of the post-war bungalows are slowly getting knocked down and it's accelerating. I get those committee of adjustment things like once a week. Somebody in my neighborhood's knocking something over, so I get a notice. And I always do the same thing. I look at it and say, is there a helipad going in? No, no helipad, then I don't care. Because that's, I mean, I, why would, why would, what somebody else is doing with their property impact me. Also, a lot of the people freaking out about what this is going to do to density. You look at the stats can numbers. We've never had more single people as a household before. 50%. Right? So this is, I don't think you're going to see this tax the infrastructure of neighborhoods. Uh, but I think as part of this, they've also said to the school board, like, hey, let us know what impacts this is having. Because those are the kind of things that we're going to have to look at and say, are we able to, because it's great if people have a place to live, but if we don't have the services they're going to need around them, that's a problem. So uh, more work has to be done on it. But in principle, I don't know how we don't increase density. Some great work done by Wendy Gillis, crime reporter at the Toronto Star, where after years of badgering officials, she got her hands on a parole hearing report that was done on the gay serial killer, Bruce MacArthur. And what's horrifying in all of this, he hit a guy on the head with a metal pipe in 2001. Ultimately, he got his uh, probation 
probation, and uh, uh, and uh, the hearing said that he was at a low risk of reoffending. So, I, and 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 he was pardoned to boot. I don't know, Amanda. Even that I find highly offensive. But the takeaway here is that after he was deemed low risk to reoffend, he killed eight people. Yeah, and I think. The entirety of this case, how it was handled, um, we know was a, like a complete like miss is like a gross understatement, right? There was significant loss of life. Um, the community was lied to or misled, however you want to say it. Um, and, uh, you know, this is just another example of that. It's, it, it is offensive. It's, it's horrible. Um, I think the, the thing I find, at least on the other side, is I think the police have learned from it. They've certainly apologized. Um, and I think we all take you know, safety, especially in the gay community, frankly, a lot more serious. There's a lot more awareness about it. Um, and also, yeah, to your point, Wendy is a, a very good reporter, um, a diligent, hardworking reporter. And we're lucky we have crime reporters like her that, that pursue and, and, and look after things like this because it's a it's an important story. Okay. Does this mean, Robert, that the system is broken or was he just so good at hiding in plain sight that the parole system was never going to understand that this guy was about to be a serial killer? There's no way to know that because you'd have to know what drives somebody to do that. And was there some event or switch that got flipped after all of this that happened that led him on that path? I think we all look at what's going on. You hear news stories about arrests for people committing random acts of violence. And then you find out, you know, all of the number of um, interactions they'd had with police, interactions they'd had with the mental health system, interactions they'd had. And we're all asking, well, how is this stuff getting missed? So either it's not that easy to track um, something's changed and maybe we have to be a little less, you know, willing to give people a second chance and hope that, okay, no, this, this, we're good. We've, we've rehabilitated this person. I don't know how you know that, but I also don't, I mean, how many, we're not talking about all the cases where they said, no, this person was at low risk to reoffend. They pardoned them and then they didn't go on to do anything. So it, it's interesting as, as part of this case, but unless somebody now can look at all the information and say, uh, you know, here's what they missed. I don't know what you do about it to change policy. There's a video out there that I thought was actually made by the onion because the idea that you need an instructional video of how to survive a shooting spree sort of presumes, I guess, that shooting sprees are perfectly natural and they're going to continue to happen. But it turns out it was actually made by the FBI. Here's a bit of the audio with a warning to you listening right now that there are gunshots to be heard in this video, which takes place in a bar. It's all fictitious, but this is how they recreate a shooting spree. Both my exits are blocked by the shooter. I got to stay hidden. I'm no victim. I'm ready for this. We have to fight to survive. You can survive a mass shooting if you're prepared. See, here's the, that's the narration job that I didn't get. But Robert Turner, um, you know, Mark Tuohy, who's no stranger around guns, having served in the armed services, says that it's a very practical thing to promote knowledge about what to do. Uh, it's like, you know, having a fire drill. Yeah, but it's new, right? I mean, we didn't in in the '70s. They didn't have a film reel like this. It's it's new. It's a weird phenomenon where America has these. I think that, like there's been more this year, uh, you know, based on how they qualify a mass shooting uh, than there have been days in the year so far. It's a it's it's it seems crazy, um, and I think this also leads to why it's going to be so hard to deal with the gun issue there because while I'm watching this, as I'm seeing the guy grab the fire extinguisher to. If the guy comes through the door, maybe whack him in the head. I'm thinking, 
that's got to that would drive me to think, well, I mean, I guess I'm going to need a gun with me in case this happens so I can try and take down the bad guy to protect myself. And I think it just builds on it. I, I don't know. It just it seems crazy that they need this. But what was interesting is this thing started to gain traction on social media yesterday was people um, in the States tweeting out like, yeah, this is the best produced one I've seen. But we've had videos like this as part of our work safety training for like 10 years. Yeah, Joe Cristiano can talk about that after uh, the news, but he's been through workplace training. Amanda Galbraith, I guess you just kind of have to shrug your shoulders and say, okay, it's as normal as a kitchen fire. Yeah, which is awful, right, that they've accepted this socially that that's okay that, you know, we're going to have at least one to two mass shootings in our country every single day. And as such, we're going to have videos like we have kitchen fires because people cook. And that's also as common. Like, I just, I don't know, the beginning of that video, it sounded like they start of some weird post-apocalyptic movie. And then, you know, you go, I, I just, I don't, the, the culture, that, that part of, I love America, but that part of U.S. culture to me, I find befuddling um, and frankly bizarre. And the acceptance of um, mass shootings is just a, a thing that's going to happen in life to me is is, is crazy. So, um, but if this isn't going to be a wake up call, like, I don't know what is. Okay. And in the seconds we have left, uh, Robert Turner, are you exorcised about the new passport or is it just, you know, every 10 years we update the passport? I don't get why, like, I don't get how a bunch of people sit around the table and think, let's pull Terry Fox off this. This will test well. Uh, you could have just done a different picture of Terry Fox if it needed to be updated. Do I think that the kids who are playing and the guy mowing his lawn have, like, also donated to the Trudeau Foundation? It's going to be a big scandal. Well, no, <laughs> but I don't understand it. I'm sorry. I didn't see that image. Is there a guy mowing the lawn in my passport? Wasn't there? I, I saw There's a squirrel eating a nut. That's yeah. to replace Vimy Ridge. So that's really important. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that, which brings me to a piece of audio we'll play on the other side as well. Pierre Polyev in the house yesterday uh, talking about the squirrel and the nut. Uh, and also after the news, I'm looking at a tweet from the former mayor of Toronto, what he thinks should be in our passport. And I think it's absolutely, well, nuts. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.